This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. production coming to you over the World Broadcasting System and Associated Stations. Tarzan has rescued Jane Porter from the pirate ship and with her has returned to the jungle because he believes that her own party cannot protect her. Meanwhile, Professor Porter and his party have been overpowered by Snipes and his crew who put them to work digging for the treasure. In the jungle, the apes are to hold a dum-dum celebration and Tarzan takes Jane to the ceremony. Now, are you ready? Hold your breath. The weird pulsating throb of the dum-dum grows louder, more frenzied, more compelling as Jane and Tarzan draw closer to the ceremonial mound of the great apes. Through the almost impassable barrier of twisted branches and matted verdure, the cries of the great apes sound like the ominous rumbling of distant thunder. Oh, I'm almost afraid, Tarzan. Jane, not afraid. Such a crime, not hurt, Jane. No, I can't exactly describe the feeling. I'm not afraid that I'm with you, but just knowing, knowing that I'm going to see Jane, something... Jane, not that... worry. Jane likes dum-dum. Are we almost there? A little more. Now, go down. Jane closes her eyes as Tarzan, like a falling stone, drops through the stomach gloom of tangled vine and tree. <laughs> Then reached in amazement. Oh, it can't be real. I must have seen. Jane, sit here. What? Jane seats herself at the base of a giant tree. Before her, the apes circle in mad confusion, pausing every few steps to beat upon the great earthen mounds with their short club-like sticks. On the outer circle, chattering and shouting encouragement, the she-apes with their balus sway back and forth, keeping time with the uncanny rhythm. Jane watches fascinated as Tarzan joins in the reckless abandon of the primitive ceremony. His bronze body gleaming like burnished copper, leaping higher than any. The ape man forgets all about the Tom and Gany in their strange ways as he gives vent to his pent up feeling. The weird chanting rises higher and higher. Mighty is the tribe of Kirkash, is the tenor of their cries. Mighty are they in battle, and mightiest of all is Tarzan. No! 
bomber. Still spinning with almost sickening speed, the ape man beats his cross just with clenched fists, raises his head and gives the challenging cry of a great ape. <laughs> Robbing, drumming stops. The victory celebration is over. Some of the apes fall where they stand, exhausted. Others amble off into the jungle. Tarzan crosses the clearing to Jane. Jane, like? Oh, I, I don't know. It's so weird and so, so savage. Shrichak apes hold dum-dum because Tarzan kills Sheeta. I understand that part of it, but, but it's so human in some ways, and yet so unhumanly terrifying in others. I don't know what to think of it, Tarzan. Jane, tired? Yes, I'm tired and worried. I wish I knew what had happened to Daddy. Tomorrow, go to hut again. Maybe they come back. Oh, I hope you're right, Tarzan. Now, go back, Jane? Yes. And taking Jane in his arms, Tarzan turns to the jungle trail that leads to the platform in the trees. Meanwhile, Lieutenant Darno, Philander, Francois, and Clayton are digging for the treasure under the watchful eye of the pirates. Nearby stands Professor Porter, who, because of fever, has been exempted from digging. Not a very... Promising prospect, is it? If we don't find the treasure... And if we do find it, what then? Ah, dear monsieur, I did not believe at first that Saps was serious about making us dig, but evidently he was. This is the most preposterous nonsense. How can that blooming idiot expect us to dig up treasure when we have the faintest notion where it is? Uh, yes, yes, Clayton. I know your feelings exactly. Indeed, I feel rather guilty about not taking my share of the digging. Now, Archimedes, you take it easy. The rest of us have strong backs. Oh, 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 mine's a little stiff after our strenuous exercise of today. I'm not going to put in another day like this one. I'm going to have it out with Snipes. I cannot blame you, monsieur, but let us wait for a better opportunity. Now you will only get yourself shot. Well, I'd just as soon be shot now to wait until this part has played itself any further. Especially as Snipes will probably shoot us under any circumstances. I'm almost inclined to side in with you, Clayton. But, Monsieur, you forget one thing. Getting ourselves killed will not help Mademoiselle Jeanne. Now, it's a comfort to know that she is safe in the jungle with Tarzan. Oh, but as soon as we are out of the way, the sailors may attack Tarzan. And then Mademoiselle Jeanne's last protector will be gone. Well, any suggestions? Frankly, uh, I can't suggest anything. Nor I. Attendez, Monsieur. Here comes the pirate capitaine. Well, how about it? Uh, just what do you mean, Snipes? You blokes see this all I mean business, don't you? Look here, Snipes. You're wasting your time threatening us. Well, are you ready to tell me where you hid that blasted treasure? But we know nothing whatever about the treasure. Or if we did, I'd give it to you to get rid of the sight of you. All right, have it your own life. Do you really mean that we have to keep on digging? Of course I do. This far can't go on, Snipes. You can't seriously expect us to dig up everything in sight. Oh, can't I? And why not? It isn't reasonable. That's why... And even if we dug up a square mile around here, you have no means of knowing that the treasure is within miles of this place. Oh, Charles, that. That treasure chest is too heavy for you blocks to have carried it very far. We didn't carry your infernal chest anywhere. Can't you get that through your thick head, huh? Or your teeth will be the worst for a blood in your mouth. Accoutois, you have overlooked something, you sniped. Huh? Captain Snipe. Oh, yeah? What's that? Have you looked in the original hole where the treasure is located on the map? No, I ain't. What for? We moved the treasure from there and dumped her into an iron hole. Ah, but is it not foreseeable that some of your men might have been too smart for you and that they might have removed the treasure back to the original hole? Huh? No, they never had no chance. Ah, that is what you think. But if you do look, voila, the treasure may be there. Look here, mister. 
If you're trying on some game. Kate! Welcome! Come in, guard the prisoner! All right, mister. I'll look. What kind of a gag are you trying to pull on Snipes, Dono? You know perfectly well that the treasure isn't in the original place. Quickly, monsieur. While Snipes is looking for the treasure, do you think we can make a break for it? Not a chance, Dono. Those two fellows, King and Wilson, that he set to guard is a pretty villainous looking. No, Dono. It won't work. King has a grudge against us anyway. And they've both got rifles and could pop us at their leisure. But I think I can work something on the guard. A little trickery. Well, go ahead. But I'm not at all sanguine. Uh, King! Well? Uh, may I have a word with you privately? Whatever you've got to say, my pal can hear it, Caddy. Uh, very well. Though I thought you might like to know it all for yourself. Well, speak up if you've got anything to say. What if I were to tell you where the treasure really is? What's that? I say, what if I were to tell you where the treasure is hidden? Would you help us to escape before Snipes has a chance to carry out his threat and kill us all when the treasure is found? Uh. I don't know. You arranged to come and talk to us tonight after everyone is asleep. I'd be taking an awful chance. But is not the treasure worth some chance? Uh, what about Wilson? Is he in? Uh, of course. The treasure is picking up for two. Uh, midnight then. Hush, hush. Here, Snipes. Yes, midnight. What did you find, Snipes? Dancing beams of silver through the lacy screen of leaves that forms the jungle. Overhead, the chattering of monkeys and the screeching of parrots have given way to the droning hum of insects and the drowsy sighing of the light breezes playing in the treetops. Below, the jungle depths resound to the distant roar of Numa, the lion, the spitting cough of Sheeta, the leopard, or the shrill trumpeting of Tantor, the elephant. Lying before the little leafy alcove, Jane and Tarzan gaze along the jungle trail. Oh, I can't sleep tonight, Tarzan. I don't know what it is. A sort of... I know this sounds silly, but I have a feeling that it's something we're going to happen. Oh, I'm not sleepy. Maybe Jane not like dum-dum. No, I wouldn't say that, Tarzan. But, well, in a way, I'm sorry I went. I don't understand. No, I could scarcely expect that you would. For this is your life. It's all that you've ever known. But it was a bit disconcerting to me to be suddenly swept back thousands of years to the very dawn of humanity. To see primeval life and all its raw savagery. And to see you... You are part of it. Yes, it was disconcerting and perhaps a little disillusioning. Tarzan does not understand what Jane says. I'm glad that you don't. Even if you had complete mastery of the English language, I still might not be able to make you understand. For how could you see through the eyes of a civilized girl, especially when she's not sure that she sees clearly when she says disillusioning and perhaps means revealing? Oh, Tarzan. Tarzan. You can never know how I felt, seeing you dancing there with those great hairy apes. They are my people. Our ways are not the ways of the Tarmangani. Sometimes it made me shudder to see you. That was disillusionment. And sometimes I thrilled. And that was revelation. I don't know which was stronger. Jane, sad? In a way, yes. Tarzan, sorry. It's not your fault. And nothing for you to be sorry about. You see, Tarzan, there are some things that... Well, no matter how much you would like to know about them, nevertheless, you're better off if you don't. But dum-dum is one of those things. I think Jane just talked. Just talked to herself. No, you're teasing again. But I suppose it isn't quite fair of me to keep on talking about something you don't understand. Something, in fact, that I don't understand myself. Tarzan does not quite know what to make of this new attitude, and not knowing how to answer, the ape-man is silent. Jane gazes with unseeing eyes into the depths of the jungle. Before her flashes again and again, the mad swirling picture of the dum-dum. And always before she can thrust the image into the background, she sees Tarzan's leaping, gyrating figure. 
That she now loves Tarzan, she scarcely denies, even to herself. And try as she can, she cannot picture him in any setting other than the jungle. Her jumbled thoughts are interrupted by a distant rumbling. What is it, Tarzan? Even the lions, everything seems to be afraid. Tarzan does not know. The ape man steps to the edge of the platform. The roar settles into a steady, crashing, earth-shaking rumble. Starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it? Tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. production, directed by James Wright Carter, and coming to you over the World Broadcasting System and Associated Station. Tarzan, single-handed, has rescued Jane from aboard the pirate ship and swum with her to shore. He carries her into the jungle with him because he believes her own party is not capable of protecting her. Meanwhile, Professor Porter's party are captured by the pirates and set to digging up the beach for the treasure. In the jungle, Tarzan and Jane 
I'm crossing the bridge to a stampede of elephants. Now, are you ready? Hold your breath. much else we can do under the circumstances. Then let's change the circumstances. There's my place. But, but do not forget that I have already made overtures to King, which I hope will lead to our escape. I'm not very hopeful. At any rate, I'm not going on. Right. What do you want now? How much longer will you go on digging? Until you find the treasure. Don't be a fool, Snipes. How long do you think men can last at this rate? We've got to have some rest. They're right, Snipes. You can't work them without rest. Shut up, King. I'm out of the beer show. King is right. If you expect to get anywhere, act sensible. I, I act sensible, huh? You can be careful what you say, folks. The only thing I'm careful about, Snipes, is not to turn my back to you. What do you mean by that? What I said. I'm not afraid of you, Snipes. And you might as well know it now. If you kill these guys working them like this, I'll do the diggings tomorrow. You haven't got the brains of a monkey. Listen to me. Dry up, pipe down. We'll start these men digging again in the morning. Oh, that's the way you're going to act, is it? Yes, and if you don't like it, have the rest of the crew. 
How about it, mate? Star your gap, Snipes, and behave. Ain't I working for the welfare of all of us? Ain't I trying to find a treasure so that we all can have a bit of money? Ain't I? Maybe. But keep a civil tongue in your head when you are talking to white men, you limey rats. Or somebody will take you apart to see what makes you tick. Now, go on about your business. We'll take care of these fellows. Just watch them. That's all I ask. You, King, Wilson. Keep going on. Plato. Plato. Suppose I let King and Wilson believe that I know where the treasure is hidden and lead them off into the genre. I may get an opportunity to get the better of both of them if I can catch them off their guard. Then, if I can get away, I shall search for Tarzan. Oh, what a help he could be to us. I'm afraid it's too risky, Donald. Besides, you have no weapon. They are ready to be bribed, Clayton. If they think I know where the treasure is and that I am willing to tell them, they will keep it to themselves. Keep it from the others. Why, yet? anything to get out of sight of this crew will give us a chance. It's pretty much of a long chance, though, Dono. Do you suppose they'll believe you? I can try. And as for a weapon, what better than this spade at close range? Yes, Dono, I understand. But nevertheless, it's a pretty risky method. What is it, Dono? What is it, Clayton? There is no time to talk now, Philander. But you must follow my lead. Whatever it may be, Clayton. And you explain to the professor or Portier when you get the chance. Donald's going to try to make King and Wilson believe he knows where the treasure's buried. Lead them to the spot. The rest will be up to him. You're taking a terrible chance, Dono. They'll kill you out of hand if they find you trying to pull the wool over their eyes. But nothing risked, nothing gained, monsieur. We must do something. I haven't much hope of opening it over, Donald. But yeah, I... I shall try it anyway. King! King! What is it? Snipe's gone. Yes. Just now. Then come here. I want to talk to you. Back in the jungle, high in the branches of their tree, Jane and Tarzan await the jungle dawn. Oh, I, I can't help it, Tarzan. I'm too upset to sleep. And anyway, while I felt all right on the platform, I don't feel as if I could sleep just sitting here on a limb. Before Jane comes, Tarzan always sleep on branch. Perhaps, but that, well, I'm not used to it. And I think it would take me a long time, even though I've gotten used to many things since I came to the jungle. One, I suppose, can get used to most anything. I know that the jungle does not frighten me as it did at first. No. Now, Jane understands jungle ways. I understand them better than I did. But sometimes I think I learn slowly. Jane learns quickly. You think so, Tarzan? Yes. Perhaps. But I could never... Well, Tarzan, if you ever did have to get away from anything, you can climb into a tree. But what about me? Tarzan always takes Jane. Well, somewhat of a limited existence, though. Always having to be carried wherever I want to go. I wonder, yes. Tarzan. Someday, the French cruiser will come back. And, Tarzan, you will have to go with us. Go? Go where? To my home, America. America? Yes. Leave the jungle? Why, of course. You don't belong in the jungle, you know, Tarzan. But I do. Tarzan does not belong any place else. Well, well, I didn't mean it that way. You see, you don't know it, of course. But what I'm trying to say is that you have brains, breeding, everything that goes to make a gentleman. It would not take you very long to fit into the civilized scheme of things. No. Tarzan does not understand what Jane means. But Tarzan belongs in the jungle. Of course. You could not be expected to know. You never have known anything else. How could you? Perhaps, though, Lieutenant Darno or Daddy can convince you. We'll see when we get back to the hut. Jane still want to go back to the hut? Yes, Tarzan. I must. The finality in Jane's voice sets Tarzan to wondering. There must be something about the Tarmangani that he does not understand. They have not been able to defend Jane against the jungle, against the cannibals, or against the cruel Tarmangani from the ship. And yet she still wishes to return to them. Can it be because she has the same sort of feeling for Clayton that he, Tarzan, has for Jane? 
Well, then, knows why you want to go back? Why? You want to go back to Clayton. Why do you say that? Well, you have no right to say such a thing. Well, then, knows Jane likes Clayton too much. You do not know. It's not true. Then why did Jane keep Tarzan from killing Clayton when Clayton tried to kill Tarzan? Why does Jane always want to go back where Clayton is? Tarzan is no fool. Then don't act like one. Don't be impossible. If you can't be nice, I wish that you would go away and leave me alone. Jane want Tarzan to go away? Yes. All right. Tarzan, go. Swinging away into the jungle night, Tarzan is soon swallowed by the impenetrable blackness. Jane sits straining her eyes out into the dark void. A chill of loneliness creeps into her blood. She half regrets that she spoke so harshly, but she's still angry because of the injustice of Tarzan's accusations. She commences to wish that he were back, but she's too proud to call to him. Trembling to the thunderous voice of Numa, Jane shrinks closer to the rough bark of the great tree that is her sanctuary. Tarzan! Tarzan! Uh, Jane what? Tarzan? Oh, what? Why, I thought you went away. Tarzan not leave Jane at night alone. Tarzan come back and sit on branch above Jane and watch over her. Tarzan. What? I'm sorry for the way I spoke. Won't you forgive me, Tarzan? Please forgive me. Tarzan's sorry, too. Jane is tired. Jane. Jane. Put your head here on Tarzan's shoulder and go to sleep. Meanwhile, down on the beach, Darno and the others anxiously await King's approach. What do you want? To continue our talk about the treasure. Say, if Snake finds this out here... he can find out only from you or Wilson. Well, for me, I'm willing to listen. Then get Wilson and come away from here. No, no. Wilson stays with the others. I'm not taking any chance. All right, but come over here where the others cannot hear. If you try any monkey business... He's taking an awful chance. I hardly dare to hope. Did you tell the professor to be ready? Uh, yes, uh, I'm ready. Dono is a principal. I'll take care of Wilson. I can help you there. No, you look after the professor. I'm really much better, Clayton. I haven't been working as the rest of you have. I'll be able to... Listen, Chris, listen. I must get to Dono. Morning. Hey, there. Stay where you are. What do you think you're doing? I want a drink of water. Well, keep on walking. Hey, what's going on here? Here, quick, you blow. Dono! Has Lieutenant Darno or Clayton been shot by the pirates? What will Jane and Tarzan discover on their return to the hut? You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. production coming to you over the world broadcasting system and associated stations. Tarzan has rescued Jane from the pirates, and believing that her own people are not capable of protecting her, he has taken her to the jungle with him. Her father and his party, in trying to rescue Jane, have themselves been captured by the pirates. Lieutenant Darno, however, tricks one of the pirates into taking him to the edge of the jungle, and from there, Darno makes a break for freedom. Now, are you ready? Hold your breath. <laughs> 
We never should have let Darno try to get away. Uh, no, no, Philander. If he hadn't wanted to get me out, he never would have tried. No, no, Professor. He wanted to get us all out of the clutches of these pirates. Well, I blame myself. I blame myself entirely. Tie him up for that tree there. Are you hurt, Clayton? No, no, I'm all right. A few bruises, but perfectly sound. Uh, did Darno get not a word, Professor? Not a word. Sir, the lieutenant ran off, did he? That lot of good that'll do him. I'll have him back here before you can say Jack Robinson. He, he, he got away? Yes, Professor. Now, don't say anything more. Oh, yeah. He'll talk. I'll see to that. Now, Professor, what do you know about this here runner? Why, it's uh, nothing, Snipes. No? Well, how about you, Commander? I? Why should I know anything about it? Oh, no. You're all as innocent as a lot of ruddy lambs. Come on. Come on. Whoever tells me something will save himself a bunch of trouble. Ah, come on, you guys. You might as well tell Snipes what this is all about. Or I start working on you myself. Well, there's nothing to tell. Nothing at all to tell. Darno tried to escape, that's all. Yeah, what were you doing on? You wasn't trying to get away, was you? Oh, no. I? Why, I was only... Ah, well, come on, come on. You was what? I was trying to get Darno to come back. I knew you'd try to shoot him. Yes. And what was King doing out there with Darno? None of us know that. Darno and King were... Yes, 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 yes. yes. That's right. I remember now. Uh, Darno wanted to... He wanted a drink of water. A drink of water. A drink of water. Ah, you blokes with the rottenest liars I ever seen. King. Well? Don't suppose you know anything. No, I don't. No. Well, what was you doing off there, away from your duty? Well, you see, uh, Lieutenant Arnold wanted a drink. And uh, you had to take him into the jungle for that. Listen here, Carlos. I'm a conductor of this here investigation, and I'll do it my own way. See? Well, get on with it. Get on with it. Now, King, you might as well speak out. What was you going to get from the lieutenant? What do you mean? Get on. I know you wasn't going up there to get no drink. What was he going to tell you? Nothing. What did you take me for? An idiot? Speak up now and speak fast. I'm tired of talking to you. Uh, I ain't telling you nothing. Oh, you ain't, I? You see this here revolver in the end? I'll shoot you down where you stand. If you don't come through with it clean inside of ten seconds, you murdering villain. Hold your trap, you. Ah, now, since shooting him, Snipes, say, there's other ways of making men talk. You keep your long nose out of this here, Carlos. Now, King, hurry up. Why, you blasted lavish Back in the jungle, high in the great tree, Tarzan and Jane watched the jungle wake into a new day. With the changing light, the deep purple of the treetops brightens into pools of vivid green. The waking monkeys gibber and chatter as they start their daily round their endless keepers. Overhead, the brightly plumed jungle birds screech and whistle as they wheel and circle about their nests. Tarzan looked at Jane. Hey, Jane, it's daylight. Yes, Tarzan. Although I've seen it a hundred times, it still thrills me. The jungle's dawn. Tarzan likes the jungle dawn. Tarzan likes the jungle all the time. I understand, Tarzan. If I were as much at home in the jungle as you are, I would not have seen. at home in the jungle now. <laughs> oh, no, no, Tarzan. I've gotten over my fear of it in many ways. But I can't exactly say that I'm at home here. Tarzan is hungry. Jane hungry? Let's get some fruit and eat. Can we do that on the way to the hut? 
Jane, want to go to the hut now? Yes, right away. I should have gone to look after Daddy a long time ago. All right. Holding Jane easily in one arm, the ape man swings from the crotch of the tree, in a few deaths, catchers gains the lower jungle terrace, and rapidly carries Jane toward the hut. Far below them and out of their sight, a stumbling figure makes its way through the matted wall of vines and creepers. It is Darno. In the darkness, he has lost his way, but the coming of dawn has gotten his bearings and is now pushing rapidly forward in the direction of the little trail that he knows leads to the river and the cabin. Tarzan speeds toward a giant tree at the edge of the clearing. He stops. Look, Jane. There is the hut. Yes. Let's go down, Tarzan. Jane cannot see. See what? Nobody there. Why? Why, that's right. Why, there isn't a sign of life about the place. Where do you suppose they can be? Tarzan does not know. Listen. What? Somebody is coming. Harmon Ganny. You hear a noise in the brush? Yes. I can't hear a thing. Let's go down. No. Wait a minute. We'll see who it is. Quietly, Tarzan, holding Jane, sits within the shadows of the trees, waiting. And then Jane, too, begins to hear the thrashing in the brush that signals the approach of something. Someone. Suddenly, from the margin of the forest, Darno steps into the clearing and quickly makes for the door of the hut. It's Lieutenant Darno, Tarzan! Lieutenant! Lieutenant! At the sound of Jane's voice, Darno stops in his tracks, turns, and gazes up into the trees. Tarzan picks Jane up and drops rapidly to the ground. Together, they run forward to greet Darno. Mademoiselle Jane! Monsieur Tarzan! Oh, Lieutenant! Where are Father, Mr. Philander, and Cecil? They are at the pirate camp. Armand Gary, take Father and others? Yes, Tarzan. We tried to patch up the small boat and go out to the Arrow to help you when you rescued Mademoiselle Jane. But we smashed up the boat and the pirates captured us. But, oh, we must go to them at once and rescue them. Exactement, Mademoiselle. That is why I escaped. You escaped? Mais oui. I tricked King, one of the pirates, but it is a long story. I will tell it all later. Armand Gary did not shoot, Darno. King had no time. You see, Snipes and the others were coming up from the beach. Clayton shouted something to me. King became confused and did not even fire at me. Oh, let us start back at once. We must try to help Father. But of course. I came at once to the hut to get a rifle and ammunition. And to find Tarzan if I could. He is worth a regiment. All right, get the rifle. Tarzan have bow and arrows. Then we go quickly. We won't be a second, Tarzan. Back at the pirate camp, King stands nursing a flesh wound in the arm while Snipes, smoking revolver in hand, stands threateningly over the injured mutineer. Next time, I'll let you air it right to your black art. Now then, speak up. What were the lieutenant trying to give you? Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, Snipes. But take your finger off that trigger. Well, that's had it then. Well, the lieutenant said he knew where the treasure was buried. He offered to show me the place if I let him escape. So... You let him escape, did you? No, 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 I didn't do that. So help me, I didn't. Well, well, I've got to let him show me, and then I've got to shoot him down and come and tell you, Sykes, where the treasure was buried. Did he show you where the treasure was? No, he... But you'll let him get away anyhow. Well, I'll tell you, I was all turned around. All turned around, I tell you. What was you hollering at me from the beach, and this guy here hollering to Darno that you was coming? Then that lieutenant does know where the treasure is. Ah, rubbish. He doesn't know any more than these others. Did he ever say anything to you guys about where he is, the treasure? Uh, certainly not. We have no idea where it can be. That's true, Snipes. None of us know any more than you do. I think he knows. Well, if he does, he knows a whole lot more than any of us. Why, uh, he just told King that story to get him out. Where he'd have a chance to duck out on us. And blame the pedant work it on King. All right. Then this here is what we've done. King, you goes out and you find that there lieutenant, or you don't come back. What? <coughs> you want me to go up in that jungle again? Go on, King. Beat it. Get going. And go fast. Oh, by myself? Better send a couple of guys with him, Snipes, 
to see if they don't get double cross us again. All right. Take Mike, Red, and Phillips with you. And sir, help me. If you come back here without that lieutenant, I'll stand you up against a tree. Next time, I won't nick your arm. I'll let you have it right between the eyes. All right. All right. I'll go. I'll go. All Coming through the jungle headed toward the mutineers' camp, Jane, Tarzan, and Darno walk rapidly along the narrow jungle trail. Crashing through the brush from the opposite direction, secure in the belief that they have only Darno to deal with, come King and his mates. Suddenly, Tarzan stops, holds up his hand in warning to Jane and Darno. Someone coming, Tarzan? Yes. Jane and Darno, stay here. Tarzan, go into trees and look. If it is some of the mutineers, Tarzan, you shout, and I come to help you. No, Darno. You stay here with Jane, behind the tree. Tarzan will see who comes. Darno, not leave, Jane. What, monsieur, if they start to fight... I'll... No, Darno, stay with Jane. Tarzan, fight alone. Better that way. Ah, but this is really my fight. Tarzan is usually right. When it comes to what to do in the jungle, Darno, we'll stay here, Tarzan. Good. Tarzan, go now. Silently, Tarzan swings his lithe, muscular body up into the trees. Jane and Darno stand motionless, alert, listening in the spot where Tarzan has left them. With a few rapid swings, Tarzan covers the intervening distance that separates him from the mutineers. He watches them approach... And then he drops soundlessly down through the branches and squats lightly upon a low branch under which the mutineers must pass. Silent, alert, he awaits their approach. On they come, stumbling forward, crashing through the vines and undergrowth. Bringing up the rear is King, his wounded arm stuck inside his shirt front. Tarzan rises to his feet. Swinging his grass rope, he leans far out over the trail. The leading mutineer is almost under the tree. With a quick glance, Tarzan gauges the distance. The ape man's arm flashes out. The rope uncoils, straightens, settles over the mutineer's shoulders. Before the man could call out, Tarzan pulls the rope toward him. At the screen, King looks up, sees his comrade disappearing into the foliage. Look! Look! The jungle guy! Quick! He's got red! But even as King shouts, Red's body comes hurtling down from the trees. With an oath, King raises his revolver and leveled it at Tarzan. Has King shot hit Tarzan? Will Darno rush forward and meet the mutineers? You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Mutineers, 
Tore down, taking to the trees, drops his grass rope at the head of one of the men and pulls him into the trees and then hurls him upon the mutineers below. King, one of the mutineers, raises his revolver and fired a Taradan. Now, are you ready? Hold your breath. Tarzan sees King raise his revolver and like a flash he swings himself higher behind the screen of leaves. King shot whizzes through the leaves below Tarzan. Tarzan looks down, sees the group of mutineers peering into the treetops. Without a word, with never the ripple of a leaf, Tarzan moves swiftly through the foliage. King and the others are standing still, their eyes fixed on the spot where they last saw the glimpse of the ape man. Now Tarzan is almost over them. And the ape man's hand swings the rope, loose and ready. Tarzan raises his arm. Like a whip snake, the rope flashes out and down. It fluttered about Mike's neck. Oh. The mutineer pulls his rifle from him, reaches up to clutch the rope about his throat. He feels himself being pulled off his feet. Up, up into the trees he goes. With one hand, Tarzan holds him. While with the other, he loosens the rope from about the man's throat. Still holding Mike at arm's length, Tarzan moves out along the south branch. Down below, King and Philip stand horrified. Oh, there he is! At King's shout, Tarzan throws Mike crashing down through the branches. The man falls in a huddled heap at King's feet. Without a word, King turns and rushes off into the brush. The other mutineer tries to follow, but Tarzan, dropping like a plummet, flashes through the branches and lands in front of him. The mutineer raises his rifle. As he presses the trigger, Tarzan's hand shoots out. The rifle barrel flies up, and the bullet falls harmlessly through the branches overhead. Before Phelps can lower the gun or press the trigger a second time, Tarzan rips the weapon from his grasp. In a moment, it's over. Tarzan throws back his head. Rapidly, Tarzan picks up the mutineer's rifle, turns about, and makes for the spot where he left Jane and Dono. Ah, this is the only way to fight, he thinks to himself as he moves through the undergrowth. These Tarmangani spend too much time planning what to do and where to begin. From now on, he will listen to no one. He, Tarzan, single-handed, will rid the jungle of these murderous pests from the big ship. He looks ahead. There, behind that tree, is the spot where he left Jane and Dono. Jane, Dono! Here we are, Tarzan! All right, so stayed until we heard your call. Tarzan is all right. I did not like the idea, Tarzan, of letting you do all the fighting while I stood by doing your thing. You look after Jane while Tarzan fights. Then Tarzan will not have to worry about Jane. Tarzan fights alone. It's better that way. You're right, Tarzan. We usually are. Oh, we, mademoiselle, I do agree. When it concerns the jungle, I shall always let Tarzan have his way. Your brother, Clayton, your father, would do the same, then there would be no trouble. You have every right to scold us, Tarzan. You were right and we were wrong. Because of it, we've caused no end of trouble. Jane wants this? This rifle? Yes, Tarzan. Now we can go to the mutineer camp and get Danny. When we get to camp, how many time can he stop there? It all depends. There may be as many as the be. We can help now. I have this rifle. Tarzan had his bow and arrows, and you had a gun you got at the hut. Yes. When we get to camp, Tarzan will go into the trees. Jane, you shoot from one side. I know. You shoot from the other. Tarzan, shoot arrows from trees. We can and will kill all of them. On told you, but we must hurry. I have no idea what they may have done to your father and the others when they found out that I had escaped. I'm ready. All right. Go quietly. I'll go first. Be careful. Hurry. Back in the mutineers' camp, Professor Porter, Philander, Clayton, and Francois have been sent to digging again by the infuriated snipes. They're discussing the call they heard from the jungle. At least we know that Tarzan is not so very far away. That is true, Philander. And if, if, if Tarzan finds out where this tent is, we have every chance of being rescued. All due respect to Tarzan. But I don't think that even he can tackle this entire country. And, and of course, with Jane to look after. Hey, what you blokes talking about? Get on with your digging. This is the silliest thing I ever heard of. I can't 
think nice to you. I said nice. Oh, geez. Now then, when I tell Captain Snipes, your hand Snipes, what the... I said drop your hand. What is this, mutiny? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Snipes talking about mutiny. Now, <laughs> oh, uh, listen to me, Snipes. We've all of us just about enough of your way of doing things. Oh, you have, have you? Yes, we have. And threatening to kill a man because he won't follow you, Captain? Why, that's a joke. That's about blast law. You were Captain? You? A limey warpath? Sir, that's about all I'm going to fight from you. Just as long as I've got a gun on you, you'll take all I want to give you. You still got it in your head that it's better to parents are out here, haven't you? Yeah, I am. Well, then, if you think the lieutenant knows where it is, hasn't it sense to wait until King brings him back and he tells us? That's right, Carlos. But keep an easy air blows busy or keep him out of mischief. Well, all right. Take them dig. But you won't get any more digging down by killing them when they won't call you, Captain. Well, I ain't convinced they don't know where that blooming chest is. Now, I suppose you weren't. You brought that into your head at the start, and nothing would change it. Well, anyhow, the lieutenant knows. I've tried to tell you that Darno was only using that to block King and try to escape. I don't believe Darno knows where the treasure is. But in any case, even if he does, we don't. If I knew where the treasure was hidden, I'd gladly tell you. If only you would release me so that I might see my little girl again. Snipes, I think you are barking up the wrong tree. Well, maybe you do. I'm going to get that treasure. I'm going to make all these blokes here walk the plank. I came with you, Snipes, to get a share of this stuff. But... I'm not going to spend the rest of my life waiting for these guys to dig up all Africa just because you think it's somewhere around here. No. Well, what are you going to do about it? The rest of the crew is with me. Hey, what's the matter now? It's King. Hey, what is it? What's wrong? You look scared to death. A jungle guy, King. Never mind about the jungle guy. I told you, if you come back without a frenzy, I bumped you off. And I, I don't care if you do. Anything rather than fall into his clutches. Hey, he kid, killed Wes and Phyllis. Just like they were rabbits. Uh, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Oh, well, there's nothing to explain. We've seen him up in the trees. And then he disappears. The first thing I know is Mike pulled up into the trees. And then where? He chucked them down out of the trees right at my feet. Yeah, and the next thing is, you rock. Yes, and so would you, you limey swamp. I'll strike a shooting, but it's no good. You can't even touch that guy. And you saw no signs of Durno? No, and what's more, I ain't going back to look. You'll do what I tell you to. I will. What are you going to do? Send him off to get that jungle bloke and to bring back that frenzy. Are you crazy? Yeah, this jungle guy or whatever you want to call him just killed three men. And you want to send out more? Oh, he can't get away with that. Seems to me like he can get away with whatever he wants to. If you keep this up, Snipes, you won't have enough crew left to man the ship. 
Satan, if you do find that treasure. Pennywise, I sense they're going out. Oh, oh you won't go, I... Looks like there's going to be a fight. Grab your troubles and make a break for it if you get a chance. Don't you have to rest on the man with you, didn't you, Snyder? Well, I'll plug you. Not while I'm loving get you, you won't. You might if I turn my back. You blokes hurt me. Go out and get that jungle bloke. If you don't, I'll shoot you where you stand. When you get a episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!
thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. James H. Pierce as Tarzan, and Miss Jo Ann Burroughs as Jane Porter. This is an American Gold Seal production coming to you over the World Broadcasting System and Associated Stations. Tarzan, after rescuing Jane from the pirate ship, takes her into the jungle with him because he believes that her own body cannot protect her. Meanwhile, Professor Porter's body is captured by the pirates, but Lieutenant Darlow escapes and reaches the hut where Jane and Tarzan have returned. Together, Jane, Tarzan, and Darno return to the pirate camp. Helped by a fight among the pirates, they attack, and under cover of the battle, Clayton, Philander, Professor Porter, and Francois run for the beach longboat. Now, are you ready? Hold your breath. <laughs> Into this boat, Professor? If only I could have snatched up a rifle. Get them, get them, Monsieur. I will push the boat into the water. It seems foolish to try to escape by boat. Never mind that now, Professor. It's our one hope. Uh, shall I throw this shovel away? No, no, no. Keep it, Professor. It's a poor weapon, but the only one we have at the moment. We must each take an oar, Monsieur. Yes, each of us. Except the Professor. Yes, Professor. Will you sit in the stern sheet, please? Oh, really, please. I'm not a thing of that. I can't easily... You greatly aid us, Archimedes, if you're not arguing. Oh, come, row quickly. Before snipes or one of those pirates catch a sight of us. Uh, which way are we to go? Down can... the coast, toward the hut. But that way we shall be in full sight of the arrow. That's the chance that I believe... Oh, myself. Well, what now? What is it, Francois? They're putting over a boat from the arrow. Oh, what rotten luck. I hope they wouldn't see it until we had a minute or so start. Uh, no use continuing, is there? And running our head on into them? We must, Archimedes. Unless we run the boat ashore again and fall into the hands of snipes and the pirates we've just left. No. By Jove, I have an idea. Swing the boat around. What are you going to do, Clayton? Get the boat into the little stream that flows near the hut. Uh, but, Clayton, that stream is not navigable. It's high tide. We can get out of sight at any rate. Well, should the boat is swinging, give her a few good strokes with your poor oar. Right. Right, Francois? Ah, there. Now, if we can run the boat up next stream, even for a few yards, then abandon it and take to the jungle, we have a good chance of getting away from them. Well, it's worth a try. We'll be no worse off than trying to outrun that longboat they've just put over. Oh, we could not do it, monsieur, with only the three of us to row. That's quite right, quite right. Ah, here's the mouth of the stream. Head in. Look out. Watch your head, Archimedes. Those branches. You were right, Clayton. 
The overhanging bushes make a very effective screen. Uh, can you see the other boats now? Yes. Yes, they seem to have turned and are making for the pirate camp. That means reinforcements. I hope... Oh, that... What's the oh, I hope that something has happened to Snipes. Something unpleasant. I hope so, too. Well, this stream is rather smaller than I thought. We'll use your oars as poles, monsieur. Here, here, I will show you. Like I'm this. afraid we can't go much farther. It's too shallow. Even for this boat. Oh, we are quite out of sight of the beach among the bushes here. Nevertheless, let's put as much distance as possible between ourselves and the pirate. Come on. Push! Everyone! Up in the trees, Jane watches the mutineers battle among themselves. Her last few shots had given her father a chance to escape, but where he has gone, she does not know. She turns around and sees Tarzan swinging rapidly toward her. Oh, Tarzan! Carmen Gammy fighting each other now. Where are father and Stanford and others? Tarzan doesn't know. I saw father running along the sand toward the other side of the headland. I didn't see the others. They are gone. None of your people are here. Only the cruel Carmen Gammy. Then we might as well go. Father and the others are evidently making their way through the jungle to the hut. Where's Dino? I saw him a few moments ago at the other side of the camp. He was working his way back toward the tree where we separated. All right. Jane, ready to go? Yes, I'm ready. Good. I'll then get Dino, and we'll go back to the hut. Tarzan picks Jane up from the branch, places his arm about her, and swings off toward where he had left Dino. The sounds of the fight die out as Tarzan rapidly makes his way from branch to branch. In spite of the speed at which he travels, the ape man's eyes never leave the ground. Ah, there, standing beside a great tree is Dino. Tarzan, with Jane held tightly to his side, drops quickly to the ground. I was awaiting you, monsieur and mademoiselle. I knew you would not remain after the professor and the others made their escape. Did you see which way they went, Lieutenant? No, I did not, mademoiselle Jane. I only saw them running. And as I did not see them return, nor any of the pirates go after them, I assumed that they made good their escape. We will go to the hut and wait. They will come. Yes, that is what I thought, too. All right, but I think we'd better walk. Jane, not like to go in trees? Yes, I like them, Tarzan. But you can't take both of us. All right, Jane. On foot, the three set off through the jungle towards the hut in the clearing. Meanwhile, at the pirate camp, the fighting is over. Several still forms lie prostrated from the sand. Snipes, a revolver in each hand, stands in the middle of the camp. Not far away is Carlos, lying thrown upon the sand, but conscious. Come out here, you scum. Come out! I ain't going to shoot you. Your battle is all over. Might as well give him, boys. Snipes has got the upper hand. All right, Snipes. I'll surrender. That's more like You see what happens to guys who tries to cross Captain Snipes? Sure, Snipes. Sure, sure. But you say that you let our prisoners get away in the meantime, don't you? Oh, don't you worry your head about that. I'm going to get that sailor count back here. And when I get through with him, I'll know where that treasure is in. Oh, there won't be no lunatic. Snipes, you're as crazy as a loon. Look here, Carlos. I don't want no more trouble here. So keep a civil tongue in your end. All right, Snipes. All right. What I meant to say, see, Smiles, I don't think that lieutenant knows anything about it right here. He told King he did. And I still think he knows. Anyhow, I'm going to find out. Well, and how are you going to do that, Snipes? I'm going to send two or three men over to the yacht and bring them back here. All right, Snipes. All right. We've tried that a couple of times. Anyhow, uh, we don't know that either the hut. If you are set on getting that lieutenant, we'll take the whole crew, except enough men to guard the arrows, and go over to the hut. Yes, Carl. I think you're right. That's the first suggestion what you mind that I agreed with. And after we get the lieutenant, Snipes, 
You better let me work on him. Well, we'll see about that after we get. From the fringe of trees that circles the clearing, Jane, Darno, and Tarzan step out into the open before the hut. Tarzan steps quickly, easily, and quietly across the few feet toward the door of the hut, lifts the latch, and swings open the door. Well, nobody here. Come on, Jane. Darno. Oh, I can't understand why they aren't here. Probably they have taken a roundabout way here, Mademoiselle. We must just wait patiently. Maybe father is sick. Uh, yes, look over. Professor Fortier was still suffering from the after effects of the fever when I left the camp, Mademoiselle. Oh, oh nothing serious, you understand. But enough so that a march through the jungle might take him a little extra time. Well, we might as well go into the hut and wait. Shall Tarzan get Jane and Darnell something to eat? Oh, I don't want anything to eat right now, thank you, Tarzan. I've got too much in my mind. Well, let us wait, please, Tarzan, until the others arrive and all eat together. Oh, the inside of this cabin looks as if it had been through a tight clothes. The first thing I'd have to do is to sort it and clean it up. Excuse me, Mr. What? Do you hear anything, Tarzan? I hear Numa, Sabor, Sheeta, a long way off. I do not hear Tarmangani. I thought I heard a shout, but it must have been some other sound. Perhaps, perhaps it might have been a shout. Oh, dear, I wonder what could have happened. Tarzan, go out and look, Jane. Yes, Tarzan, please. I don't like to ask you, but I wish you would see if you could find Daddy. Perhaps you could help them all find their way here quicker through the jungle. All right. Jane and Darno stay here in the hut. Do not go into the jungle. Oh, of course, Tarzan. Tarzan will go into the trees and find your father. Oh, Tarzan, I hope you can find them. Don't worry. Tarzan will find them. Tarzan steps quickly from the cabin and swings up, up into the trees, back toward the pirate camp. At the stream, Professor Porter, Clayton, Philander, and Francois are aground in their boat. It's no use. We can't make another inch. We've successfully eluded the pirates at any rate, Cecil. Yes. We have not a sound of pursuit. Good. Let's drag the boat as far under the branches overhanging the stream as we can. Permit me, monsieur. I will guide it. Fine. Thanks, Francois. I'll push with this turn oar. There. There. Now, all right. All right. That will do, I think. We can at least find it again if we should happen to need it. Uh, climb up, Professor. I'm coming. Here, take my hand, Archimedes. Monsieur, we should not be far from the hut if I have not become turned about in my bearing. Oh, about a mile, I figure it. Well, let's proceed at once. I'm sure we'll find down over there. You all right, Archimedes? Uh, why, yes, Melander. Well, let's answer me. Hey, if you become too fatigued, Professor, perhaps Francois and I can manage to carry it. Well, no, no, please. I should be all right. Monsieur! Hey, what? 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 Blacks! Cannibals! And there, facing the little group of defenseless white men, stands a party of black warriors. Silent, menacing, with drawn bows and spears upraised. Has Professor Porter's party escaped the pirates, only to fall into the clutches of the blacks again? Behold my process. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh? It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, but with exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeah. Ooh. The Loot Crate Box, what's with its 
Wowzers! With crits starting as low as 11.99 per month, those are packs just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Tarzan and the Diamond of Asher. Following inaugural chapter of the new Tarzan radio series brings to radio and to Tarzan's many thousands of friends an entirely new story of strange and thrilling adventure. Jane Porter, her father, Samuel T. Philander, and Cecil Clayton have left Africa. Clayton subsequently has confessed that he is not the true Lord Greystoke and has died aboard ship. And so Tarzan of the Apes, mighty hunter, lord of the jungle, has come into his name and title, John Clayton, Lord Greystoke. Tarzan and his friend, Paul Darnell, French naval lieutenant of the African Patrol Service, have traveled up the coast to Loango, a French-African port where Darno is awaiting a ship to take him back to France. Tonight, we find the two friends at the close of dinner in the grill of the Metropole Hotel discussing future plans. Now that you have become an English lord, what are you going to do? My title, Lord Greystoke, means nothing gives me another name I have no use for. The estates and fortune I can do without. But you expect to return to the jungle? Why not? It's my home. The only home I know and love. No, Dono. I'll stay here. I'm going to miss you, my friend. Mm, Yes, and I shall miss you. Why not return to Paris with me, eh? The lights, the boulevards, the music. Calm, calm. You can well afford it now. I don't enjoy the comforts of civilization, as you call it. What I've seen of it and the people who live by its laws which I don't understand, are shallow, false. My boulevards are the elephant trails. My lights, the sun, moon, and the stars. I'll stay here. Mm. And I cannot say that I blame you. But this grace of fortune, your fortune now, what are you going to do with it? I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. But you must, Tarzan. Uh, may I offer a suggestion? What is it? Why not use the fortune in establishing a plantation here in Africa? 
if you insist on remaining in the jungle. A plantation? What for? All Africa is mine. All that has not been spoiled by the Tarmangani. Tarmangani. <laughs> you do not admire the ways of the white man, do you? But what about Mademoiselle Jane? Jane? What about her? Oh, bien, now that Clayton is dead, she is free to marry you. You will marry her, eh? Well, she wants time to convince her friends that she is not marrying the Greystoke title in marrying me. I don't understand her reasons, but I'll go to America in a year and... Oh, perhaps... Lord Greystoke, uh, here are lady and gentlemen who are asking for you. Some friends of yours in London suggested they look you up. Uh, may I present Mr. Gregory and his daughter, Miss Gregory? Lord Greystoke and Lieutenant Darnell. How do you do? Sure, Well, daughter, have you lost your voice? Mr. Mitchell has presented Lord Greystoke and Lieutenant Darno to you. Oh, I, I beg your pardon, gentlemen. But good grief, Dad, don't you see the resemblance? Lord Greystoke looks enough like Brian to be his twin brother. Why, bless me, so he does. Excepting for that scar on your forehead, Greystoke, pardon my mentioning it, you might very easily pass for my son. By Jove, yes. Remarkable, what? I knew him rather well. He offered it here at Luango for his trip into the interior. And that's the last we ever heard of it. You wanted to see me, Mr. Gregory? Uh, won't you sit down? Thank you. Thank you. Well, you see, it's like this. We stopped at the Ritz in London, a chance to meet a Lord and Lady Tennington. When they learned that daughter and I were coming out to Africa, they insisted that we look you up as being the only man who might help us. Lord and Lady Tennington are our very good friends, they don't know. Mm, they are indeed. I'll be glad to help you in any way I can. Well, Greystoke, we've come out to investigate the disappearance of my son, Brian. You see, my brother came to Africa two years ago with an expedition sent out by the Field Museum of Chicago. Chicago's my home, you know. And they went into the Belgian Congo for specimens of gorillas. Yes. It's been a year since his last letter. He wrote they were outfitting here in Luango for a second trip and that they were on the track of talking apes. Talking apes, mademoiselle? Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it, gentlemen? But Brian was pretty level-headed, and he wouldn't go traipsing off into the jungle unless he had some idea of what he was going after. Well, anyway, when the expedition returned to Chicago, they reported Brian as missing. They didn't report him as dead? No, Greystoke, simply as missing. Four of the original expedition died or were killed on their last trip into the jungle. Fever, gorillas. However, they were accounted for. My son simply vanished. No trace of him or a particle of his clothing was ever found, though they searched for days. I said, strange, strange. Now, it would be logical to assume that if a wild beast had been the cause of his death, traces of his torn clothing would most certainly have been found. N'est-ce pas, mon ami? Yes. Well, that's exactly what we think, Lord Greystoke. And that fact has convinced us that Brian is alive. Pardonnez-moi, mademoiselle. Yes, boy, what is it? A note for the sahib there. A note for me? Yes, sir. The little sahib, she points to master and says, Give note to big sahib. A woman? Who is she? No savvy sahib. All right. Here, a uh, dashi for you. It's funny, Darno. I don't know any women in the Congo. Can't imagine. Uh, bien, bien, bien. Open the paper and read it. Excuse me, Miss Gregory. Certainly. Listen to this, Darno. I am waiting in the little salon beside the main entrance. I must see you immediately. Extremely urgent. Magra. 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 A most peculiar name. Arabic, perhaps? I don't know. But this isn't meant for me. There are many big men in the room. I'll return it to the woman. Be back in a minute. Uh, you will excuse me a moment? Of course. A page brought me your message, madame. He insisted it was for me. Of course, there has been a mistake. I return it to you. Oh, but there is no mistake. Then what do you want? Is it possible that you do not remember me? Magra? 
strange that Brian Gregory so soon forgets his friend. What did you say? Brian Gregory? <laughs> but Brian Gregory, you cannot fool Magda. We have not seen each other for a long time, yet Magda has not forgotten. I... I'm sorry, but I've never seen you before this moment. And my name is not Brian Gregory. So you are not Brian Gregory. Oh, I am so sorry, but do not turn now. It would be dangerous for you. Lal Tusk, you cannot have forgotten him also. He's directly behind you, and I know his knife is touching your back. Second, quit, Madra. What do you want? Ah, that is better. We want only that you go with Magra, where she will take you. Very well. Now, your arm, please. We will cross the lounge as the old friends we are, no? And be careful, Gregory. Make no sign or do not stop to talk with anyone. Put your knife away, Laltosk, if that's your name. I'll go with the woman without the knife in my back. We go where? To a room on the floor above, where you will meet another old friend. And where we may talk quietly without interruption. Come, Brian Gregory. It has been a long time since we have seen you, my friend, no? Ah, oh, Brian Gregory, you have changed somehow. And Magra likes you better as you are. I don't know what you are talking about. So, up the stairs. This way? A few steps and we are there. I have friends waiting for me downstairs. Let's get this over as soon as possible. That will depend entirely upon you, Brian Gregory. Here is the room. One moment. Enter, please, Brian Gregory. We have brought Brian Gregory to you at Santom. Mm, you have done well, Magra. And you, Lantask. Be seated, Brian Gregory. You too think I'm Brian Gregory, eh? Now, you've all made the same mistake. I tried to explain to these two, but they insisted. However, Lal Tosk's knife was unnecessary. Perhaps, but I did not wish to accept the chance of a refusal. <laughs> but it is beside the point. You are here, and you are Brian Gregory. All right. Have it your own way. Now, what do you want? Need there be any doubt as to that? Come to the point. As you wish. I am prepared to offer you 10,000 pounds sterling for the map. The map? What map? Come, come, Brian Gregory. Do you take me, Atantom, for a fool? You know very well that I speak of the map showing the location of the city of Asher. You are willing to give 10,000 pounds for it? 10,000 pounds sterling. Not enough. 20. My friend, you would be safe in offering me 20 millions. I've never heard of such a city, nor a map. Hmm. So you are not Brian Gregory. You have never heard of Asher and know nothing of any map. <laughs> Remarkable. It's plain you've all mistaken me for someone else. I'm sorry I can't help you, but I am not Brian Gregory. I've never heard the name before tonight. It is useless to deny your identity, Brian Gregory, to one who knows you so well. Have you forgotten that I witnessed the fight between you and Gomez in which you received that scar on your forehead, eh? I received this scar in a fight with Bolgan... Uh, with a gorilla many years ago. Gomez was strong, Gregory, almost as strong as a gorilla, and yet you killed him. And very soon after, vanished from the expedition. <laughs> They thought a lion had mauled Gomez and that you had also been killed. But I knew differently. You went alone to search for the city of Asher. Very interesting, Tom. But I'll go on about my business now and leave you to yours. One moment, my friend. You deny your identity and refuse my offer, possibly because you wish to keep the father of diamonds for yourself when you find it, eh? 
But I am determined to have the diamond myself. Now, you will not refuse this. No, no, Adam Tong, do not kill him. Don't worry, Margaret. I'm not afraid of his gun. There is an easier way, Master. And one less noisy. Lal Tusk's knife. <laughs> Lal Tusk's knife, yes. Yes, that is better. A shot might possibly be heard outside this room, even though the gun has a silencer. <laughs> Gregory, unless you produce the map at once, you will not leave this room alive. I shall count three, and then... <laughs> Zaltask's knife. One, two... One, two... You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Tarzan and the Diamond of Asher. Because of the prospective marriage of Jean Porter and Cecil Clayton, falsely representing himself as Lord Greystoke, Tarzan had concealed the fact that he and not Clayton was the true heir to the title. Since Clayton's confession and death, Tarzan has assumed his birthright, the Greystoke estates, fortune, and title. Following the departure of Jane, her father, and Philander for America, Tarzan and Darno have gone to the French-African port of Wango, where they meet the father and sister of the lost archaeologist Brian Gregory. Tarzan is lured to a room in the hotel by a woman and two men, who mistake him for the missing archaeologist, and there an attempt is made on his life. Dono, meanwhile, worried at the prolonged absence of his friend, learns from Mitchell, the hotel manager, that Tarzan was seen mounting the stairs in the company of a man and a woman. A man and a woman, Monsieur Mitchell? Yes, by Joe. And a look as she was, too, Lieutenant. Uh, please come with me, Monsieur Mitchell. Lord Greystoke would not remain away from his friends unless for a very good reason. You don't think there's anything wrong? I don't think. I know, Mitchell. Listen. By Jove, I say. There seems to be a bally row on. There, in 204. Tarzan! Hello, Open the door, Tarzan. It is locked. I'm busy. Break it down. Come on, Mitchell. Right there, old chap. Now, together. Turn on the lights, Tarzan. Quick. Turn at the breast. What in the name of 10,000 devils? The window. The others must be on the veranda. The others? 
But there is no one on the veranda. But they can't be very far. Call the manager. Right here, Greystoke. What's the valley round? Oh, I didn't see you, Mitchell. I've had a little argument with some of your guests. Argument? Great Scott, Greystoke. It sounded more like a war of extermination. And by Joe, it looks worse. Who's that you got there? One of your guests. He tried to knife me and... You better get him to a hospital. Of course, old chap. But what happened? Well, this fellow and some others got me up here thinking I was Brian Gregory. They threatened me and, well, I had to fight my way out. That man on the floor. I've never seen him. This room was assigned to a gentleman by the name of Tome. Well, it's all over. Get this fellow to a hospital and I'll question him later. Maitazan, is more to it than that? No. That's all there was to it, Darno. I'll handle this my own way. I, I understand, mon ami. Then we'll rejoin our friends in the grill. And Mitchell. Say nothing about my being mistaken for Gregory's son. Of course not, old chap. As you say, you know best how to handle the situation. And you look after this fellow? Uh, yes. Come on, Darno. Let's go downstairs. Hello, mon vieux. What is this all about? I don't understand it myself. But there's some connection between these people and Brian Gregory. I stopped you from talking about the note and the woman before Mitchell. Well, she tried to help me. Help you? After deceiving you? Uh, how did you get into that room? When they kept on insisting I was Brian Gregory, I went out of curiosity. But who is that man upstairs with Mitchell? He is most certainly hors de combat. They call him Lal Tosk. Lal Tosk? Yes. Lal Tosk. A Mongolian or Tibetan. But how do you suppose the others got away so quickly? There's a stairway leading down to the garden from the side veranda. Of course you comprend. And the man who got away with the woman, who was he? Atan Tom. He appeared to be their chief. Atan... Hmm. Why, if I am not mistaken, Atan means chief in the ancient Egyptian or Chaldean language. And so, you see this woman tried to help you after getting you into the difficulty. Strange, mon ami. Yes. She called to Tom not to shoot when he threatened me with the gun, and then switched off the lights. I'll tell you all about it later, Darno. Remember, not a word to the Gregory's. I'm sorry to have kept you waiting, Mr. Gregory. But... Uh, you see, uh, some of Lord Greystoke's uh, friends who were so delighted to see him, they did not wish to let him go. Uh, but suppose we step into the alcove where we may be alone, eh? Now, you were saying, Mademoiselle Gregory, when we left... And I was saying that because no visible trace was found of Brian, we think he must be still alive. I wouldn't bank too heavily on that. It's possible, but not probable. What do you intend doing, Gregory? It's my intention to organize an expedition immediately. Go in search of my son. And you, Miss Gregory? I'm going with Dad, of course. I strongly advise against such a plan. I think you should return to London, or await the outcome of the expedition in Nairobi. I've done my best to keep Helen out of this, but she's a chip off the old block, I suppose. Once her mind's made up, there's no stopping her. Uh, have you any idea, Gregory, as to what part of the country your son was in or making for when he disappeared? All I can tell you is that he was somewhere near the junction of the Ubangi and Congo rivers. At least that's where his last letter to Helen said he was going. Where was that letter posted? Right here in Luango. It was the last letter we had. As a souvenir, he sent me a map of the country he was going into. A map? What sort of map? No, I don't imagine it's at all accurate because it's one he sketched himself. But we thought it might help. Are there any towns or cities marked on? Yes. There was a place called Ajaka at the bottom of the map. Then there was the Ubangi River with several places named. And a range of hills and mountains and... Oh, yes, on the other side of a circle, marked 2 Baka, extinct volcano, there was a cross with the words under it. Asher must be about here. I'll go up to our rooms and get the map. Oh, never mind. I'll look at it in the morning. You're sure that cross was marked Asher? Oh, yes, positive. Lord Greystoke, do you know the place? I... I've heard of it. And not long ago. Did your brother in that last letter mention any friends such as Magra or Lal Tosk or Tom? Tom. Tom. Why, Randolph, one of the men who was with the expedition, mentioned that name in his report on their return to Chicago. A man by the name of Tome and a woman, supposedly his daughter, joined the expedition on their second trip. 
You don't mean to tell us you know them, Lord Greystoke? I, uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting them once. In a heavily curtained back room of a musty and insignificant curio shop close by the hotel, Magra and Artan Tome discussed the latter's unsuccessful attempt to gain possession of the map of our share from the supposed Brian Gregory. No, Magra. There is no doubt about it. The man's voice, beard, even the scar on his forehead, prove him beyond all doubt to be Brian Gregory. Then why should he wish to conceal his identity? The diamond of our share answers that question. Yet you do not think he has it? Ah, but he has something of equal value. The map showing the location of the mountain of Tuanbaka, in which the city of our share, according to the legend, is located. The father of diamonds, Magra, is in our share. But how can you be sure, Atan, the map is accurate? Gregory was with Macumbo, the greatest of the house of witch doctors, when the old man died. He tended Macumbo to the last and received through the old one's gratitude the legend of the Hesiotherians and the great diamond. And the map? Macumbo drew a sand map for Gregory, which Gregory copied on the hide of a leopard with his own blood, and later recopied with the story of the legend in his diary. And which, without his knowledge, you found and read? Why did you not make a copy of the map there? I had no time. Gregory was suspicious of everyone. You spoke tonight as though you knew he had been to the city of Ashir and had escaped. <laughs> that was a shot in the dark. After the body of Gomez was found, presumably killed by wild beasts, Gregory vanished. Gregory killed Gomez because he tried to steal the map and the diary containing the legend of the Hesiharians. And you think Brian Gregory went alone in search of the city of Ashir? Yes. That is why I abandoned the expedition and left you in Umuqin. I returned to search for Gregory. With his map, I would have found this city and the diamond. But if Brian Gregory has found this city, why should he be here now? He probably discovered that he could not enter our share single-handed, so he returned to organize an expedition. You, Magra, must manage to join that expedition and get the map. Understand? Magra understands. <laughs> in the Metropole Grill, Helen Gregory and her father are discussing their proposed expedition with Tarzan and Darbo with the hope of finding, if not their brother and son, at least some trace of him. This man, Tome, did he and his daughter return to America with the expedition, Gregory? No. Randolph said they left the expedition shortly after Brian disappeared. They left the safari in the jungle alone? I believe so. Of course, they took a few bearers. Rather an unusual procedure on this part. Uh, so I was thinking. And when do you want to start with the interior, Gregory? Just as soon as possible. Your advice, Greystoke, would be invaluable. According to Lord and Lady Tennington, there is no one who knows the jungle better, excepting a man whom they referred to as uh, Tarzan. Tarzan? <laughs> yes, a peculiar name, isn't it? But Lord Tennington said if we could get this man Tarzan to take charge of our expedition, we'd have no trouble. And we would find Brian if he is still alive. Well, whether he'll go with you or not, I can't say. What do you think, Dono? Je sais pas, mon vieux. It is possible. I may even say it is very probable. Do you know him too, Lieutenant? Mademoiselle Gregory, I consider Tarzan as the best friend I have or ever shall have. Yes, I know him very well. When can we see him, Greystoke? Is he in town now? Yes, he happens to be in Luongo. I'll have him here in the morning. He'll take breakfast with you. Now, uh, Lieutenant Dono and I have some business. If you'll pardon us, we'll say good night. Good night, Lord Greystoke. Don't forget your friend Tarzan at breakfast. Uh, he'll be here. Good night. Good night. But, Tarzan, what business can we have at this time of night? We're going to the hospital. I want to question Lao Ah, oui, I see. Oh, the hospital's right over there, and we'll be back in a little while. Uh, why did you tell Mademoiselle and Monsieur Gregory that you are Tarzan, eh? Mm, I don't know. 
Why didn't you tell them? <laughs> the same reason, I imagine. It would have ruined a few very amusing moments at breakfast tomorrow. But uh, here is the hospital. Shall I go in with you? Yes. Oh, good evening, gentlemen. What can I do for you? A man was brought here from the Metropole a little while ago. We came to see him. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, uh, Mr. Trask or something like that. Uh, but it's pretty late to see patients. Well, uh... this man is a police patient. To be held for questioning. That's why we're here. Oh. Oh, in that case, uh, come this way, please. Uh, he was brought over by a couple of hotel porters. But there was nothing said about his being a police patient. Uh, we put him in his own room here. Uh, Mr. Trask, someone to see you, sir. Mr. Trask. He's probably asleep, sir. Mr. Trask, I say, wake up. Uh, one moment, Doctor. Low Trask. Wake up. Ah. Doctor, this man is dead. What? More? Dead. Is this the man who was brought from the hotel? Why, yes, the only patient to come in tonight, sir. Well, either someone else was brought in his place or our man escaped, probably through that window. This man is not Low Trask. Place or our man escaped, probably through that window. This man is not Lao Tosk. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Mausan and the Diamond of Asher. Since the death of Settle Clayton, Tarzan has assumed the Greystoke estate's fortune and title. In the French-African port of Loango, Tarzan and Arno meet the father and sister of the missing archaeologist Brian Gregory, for whom Tarzan is later mistaken by Atan Tome and his companion, a mysterious woman known as Margaret. Tome tries to get possession of a map showing the location of Asher, a forbidden city, which he believes Tarzan has. The Gregories know the ape-man only as Lord Greystoke and question him regarding Tarzan, who has been recommended to them by Lord Tennington as being the only man in Africa to help them. Withholding the fact that he himself is the man for whom they have inquired, the ape-man promises to present Tarzan to them at breakfast next morning. As the scene opens, we find Tarzan and Darno preparing to descend to the breakfast room. Hello, mon ami. I would not miss this morning for all the gold in Opal. Why not? Have you forgotten our breakfast engagement with Monsieur and Mademoiselle Gregory? Oh, that. That, to my lord, Greystoke, will be very amusing when they meet Tarzan. But you have been out this morning already while I slept? Yes, I've been to the hospital again. 
Lal Tusk has definitely disappeared. So, and what about the dead man we found in Tusk's bed? An Oriental. No identification on him, and nobody knows him. Very dear. Hmm. And what of the woman Magra Anton? Both vanished. So, what do you think? I don't know. Would certainly like to understand the connection between Anne Gregory, Margaret, and Tom. Do you suppose they could have been on friendly terms at one time? No doubt about that. At least as far as Margaret's concerned. Tom spoke last night as though I, or rather Brian Gregory, had been in this city of Asher, had seen a diamond which he called the father of diamonds and escaped. And did he mention the talking apes? Yes. He called Asher the place of the talking apes. Tarzan, have you ever heard of such a tribe of apes in Africa? To me, they are all talking apes. The language of the apes of Kerchak is understood by Manu the monkey as well as by Bolgani the gorilla. And that note, mon ami, sent you by Magra, simply a means of getting you up to that room, eh? I've been thinking about that. Why should she do that and try to help me later? Moi, je sais pas. Woman, the eternal enigma, she is strangely contradictory at times. But if you are ready, we shall join Mademoiselle Gregory and her father. A uh, very charming young lady, Mademoiselle Gregory. Yes, I suppose she is. Ah, bien. Let us go, then. They are probably awaiting us. <laughs> Do you think this man, Tarzan, will take charge of the Gregory safari? I've been thinking about that, too, Dono. Those people know nothing about the jungle. It would be murder to let them go alone, especially since Pennington and Hazel sent them to me. Yet I suppose they could get competent guides with your help. Who would desert them, probably, at the first opportunity or sign of trouble. Uh, we, there is always that possibility. Uh, ah, our friends are already at table. Good, well, morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Good morning, Lord Greystoke. Well, what happened to our friend Tarzan, Lieutenant? Lord Greystoke promised to have him here for breakfast. And Lord Greystoke, mademoiselle, has kept his word. He is here. Permettez-moi, mademoiselle, monsieur Gregory, to present my very good friend, Tarzan. What? Why, Lord Greystoke. What? You, Lord Greystoke? Tarzan? <laughs> so you are Tarzan himself, are you? No wonder Tennington and his wife appear to be amused. <laughs> well, well. So you are Tarzan. Yeah, sit down, gentlemen, sit down. Oh, how can you ever forgive me, Lord Greystoke? I, I thought Tarzan was a native. You don't need to apologize. It's no insult to be taken for a native of Africa, because I am just that. And last night... Well, I couldn't spoil Tennington's fun. I enjoyed it myself. It was very amusing, well. I almost gave it away last night when you mentioned Tarzan. 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 It sounds nice, as though it might have a meaning. What does it mean, Lord Greystoke? It means white skin, Miss Gregory, in the language of the great... of a certain tribe of jungle inhabitants. Tarzan. White skin. Is that what the natives call you? Yes, in certain parts of Africa. Oh, tell me. How did you get the name? It was given me by my... my foster mother. My name is John Clayton. Oh, that's interesting. Your foster mother was... A native of Africa, Miss Gregory. She was the only mother I ever knew. She gave her life for me. Oh, I... I'm sorry. Forgive me, I... Of course. Uh, but, Mademoiselle Gregory, you have reconsidered about going into the jungle with your father? No, not at all, Lieutenant. I'm going with Dad. Why, he couldn't get along without me. That question's definitely settled. Hello, that is that, Mademoiselle. I am going into the interior, Gregory. If you like, I'll take charge of your expedition. <laughs> as Tarzan... As Tarzan. That's fine. If you really mean that, you'd sit through. I'd appreciate it. I'm new at all this, haven't the faint idea of how or where to begin. How are we going to know you, though? As Lord Greystoke or Tarzan? In the jungle, Miss Gregory, I am known only as Tarzan. Then Tarzan it shall be. And somehow it seems more in keeping with the spirit of the jungle. Pardon me, Miss Gregory, uh, gentlemen. Wolf and Larson are in the lobby. Oh, yes. A couple of guides Mitchell hired to get our supplies and equipment. Whether we take them or not, it's up to you, Greystoke. Both experts, and they know the jungle. Send them in. Uh, right, Hal. Just a moment, Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, what have you done about bearers? Oh, that's all arranged. Uh, they'll be waiting for you at Bonga, prepared for an immediate start. Well, now, if you gentlemen will excuse me, I, I have several things to buy, and I know you'll want to talk business alone. 
better get one of the hotel boys to go with your daughter. I don't like the idea of your tricksing around by yourself. If uh, Mademoiselle will permit me... No, but I mustn't impose, Lieutenant. No imposition, Mademoiselle. Pas de coup. I shall be shy. All right, come on, then. We'll see you later. Fine fellow, that Frenchman. He is more than that. On active duty here, is he? Yes, the African Coastal Service, usually. But right now he's waiting for a ship to take him back to France. Ah, good morning, Herr Gregory. I begin to tell you that the equipment and supplies are ready for shipment. Uh, good morning, Wolf. Larson, good you're morning. all set then? Yeah. That's fine. This is Mr. Tarzan. He's taking charge of our expedition. Despite me. Hey, Ben, pleased to meet you. You men know the Belgian Congo above the junction of the Ubank and Congo rivers? Yeah, sure. I was up there three times on safari. Uh, I know that country. Are you partners? Well, we've never traveled together, if that's what you mean. Well, as long as you've already been hired, it's settled. We leave for Bonga as soon as possible. Yeah, sure. Well, I am ready to go on an hour's notice. Meanwhile, in an obscure corner of a dingy coffee shop, Tom and Lao Tast are digesting certain news which the former had just heard that morning. Uh, I believe Wolf will verify my guess. They are going up the Congo into Belgian territory. <laughs> it was not difficult to buy, Wolf. Can we follow? You and I, yes. Magra and Wolf will be with the Gregory expedition. Between them, they should get the map. You believe Magra will be able to join them? What excuse will she give? That is her affair. If she fails, there will still be Wolf. I've offered him enough money to ensure his loyalty, and he knows the country. Here he comes. Say nothing about last night. Well, Mr. Tom, it is agreed definitely that I go with the Gregory expedition. Ah, sit down. Where are they going? North of the Upangas Junction with the Congo. Belgian territory? Yeah, at least Tarzan asked me if I knew that country. Tarzan? Who is he? He's the man in charge of the Gregory outfit. He's a stranger to me. He got the job I was figuring on. Why would Gregory, who knows that country so well, be someone else in charge of his safari? <laughs> if that old coot knows the Belgian Congo, I am a Chinaman. Old? You say Gregory is an old man? Uh, he's 60 if he's a day, born fresh from the States. This is his first trek into the blue. And there was no one else with Gregory? His son, perhaps, when you spoke to him, huh? His son? Why, that's what he's going into the jungle for, to look for trace of his lost son. The uh, young fellow disappeared a year ago up into that country. His lost son? <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, when are they leaving? I believe by tonight's river steamer, Fonga. Safari will stop from there. Well, they seem to be in somewhat of a hurry to leave Luango. Very well. Wolf, there will be a woman on that steamer tonight from whom you will take your orders. She will make herself known to you through the word Akesh. She will lend you what help she can in locating and gaining possession of the map. <laughs> but how the devil am I going to get a map from a man who is not on the boat? Or with the outfit? Gregory's son, the man for whom they are supposedly searching, will be on that boat, Wolf. He will very probably remain out of sight until they leave the steamer for the jungle. He will have the map. Hmm, I see. Then the young fellow is not lost, hmm? What's the game, Tom? It is enough for you to know that by bringing me that map, you will receive for your work 1,000 pounds. That map must be pretty valuable uh, if you're willing to pay 1,000 pounds for it. What is it? Uh, treasure, maybe? Hmm? Mm, you are laboring under a tempting delusion, Wolf. No, it is not treasure. We are all archaeologists seeking the forbidden city of Asher. That map shows its location. 
I merely want the honor of being its discoverer, that is all. Well, I've never heard of any city by the name of Asher. But one never knows what to expect in Africa. Uh, You know young Gregory? I do, Wolf. I know him very well. Well, You might describe him. Uh, Then I would know him uh, when I see him. Brian Gregory is tall, strong as a water buffalo, and dark. He can, when occasion demands, move with the speed and grace of a leopard. Hmm. He has a broad white scar on his forehead. What? (laughs) That is young Gregory. (laughs) The joke is on you, Tom. Exactly you have described Tarzan. Tarzan? Listen, both of you. I see through their scheme. A moment ago, Wolf, you asked me what the game was. I shall tell you. Brian Gregory tries to conceal his true identity under the assumed name of Tarzan because he realizes that I know he has the map of our share and that he is outfitting to go there. And does he know that you want the map? Yes. Hmm. He also knows that once it is in my hands, his life is not worth that. You are sure he is Brian Gregory, the old man's son? You heard me say so, did you not? Yeah, I heard you say so. Magra is a clever woman. She will get the map by strategy, if possible. If she fails, then you, Wolf. But until the map is in your hands, no bloodshed. Mark that. Yeah, I understand. But you, Tom, mark this. I do not mind putting someone out of the way for a price, but I must be sure it is the right man. You are taking orders from me, Wolf. Those orders will be obeyed to the letter. Or this is your last safari. To the letter. Or this is your last safari. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!